Hello and welcome to the Folk Music Podcast. My name is Anders and I'm just back home from a trip to Ireland, which was great. This was my first uh, visit to Ireland since early 2020 and uh, I had a great time. I um, spent most of my time in Galway, uh, but I did a short trip down to Clare. And uh, yeah, great, tons of music. Uh, I got to meet up with some old friends and um, had a great time. (laughs) But I even found time to uh, record a couple of podcast episodes while I was there. And today's uh, guest is uh, Busuki player Owen O'Neill, which I met um, during the Flanois festival weekend down in Ennis. We did this interview out in Owen's car since uh, the town was very busy that evening. Um, and I have to say, uh, it's nice meeting Owen in real life. Uh, I've been listening to his playing on recordings and watching him on YouTube clips and stuff like that for years. So it was great to have a chance to meet him in person and um, talk with him about music and life and all kinds of stuff, really. And, I mean, Owen has been a vital part of the Claire music scene for more than 40 years. And he's played with uh, tons of talented musicians like Mary Custy, Sharon Shan, Kevin Griffin, Michael Russell and a bunch of others. Um, and uh, I mean, personally, I've been a big fan of his of his playing style um, for years. So we had a lot to talk about, uh, including um, his uh, story of how he discovered his love for the music of Claire, his uh, playing style on the bassuki. Uh, we talked about his uh, new album in session two, um, his passion for discovering and encouraging uh, talented uh, young musicians. Um, and also how music is a very powerful way to connect with other people and have conversations without words, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, Owen is a very passionate and spontaneous person, so our conversation jumps around a lot in classic podcast fashion. Um, but I think uh, it was a very interesting chat. And as I said, the, the interview is done in uh, Owen's car, so... Uh, perhaps the sound quality isn't up to the usual level, but I'd say the content of the conversation certainly is. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Owen O'Neill. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Owen O'Neill. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, and it's fun to um, to finally meet you in real life. Um, I think my first um, experience with your music was... A friend of mine in Norway lent me a, a CD with you and Mary Kusty. Oh, that's a long time ago. You're good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, uh, uh, and you've done several CDs, I know, but mm-hmm. uh, this one's called uh, With a Lot of Help from Their Friends. Very, very special time, yeah. yeah. Very special time. Can I tell you about that CD? Yeah, you, sure. Do you want, do you want to talk go, more? Go no, that's because that, um, what's interesting about that, there was no... In, in traditional music in, in Ireland, probably all over the world, uh, there was only one record company in Ireland, Kearney Nee Clada, and they would have um, made... Uh, it was LPs and then it went to cassettes and uh, myself and Mary were, were playing together around 1986 or 1987 and there was no there was nobody independent making anything it was all uh, just the same there was fantastic records made but Mary Bergen and Jackie Daly and mm. you know the, the, the Donnan and Planksley and all the well known you know heroes were, were recorded but very few ordinary musicians no ordinary musicians had recorded Yeah, and I had this fit well, I'd, we'd recorded a bit. I'd recorded a, a cassette before with um, Sharon Shannon and Kevin Griffin, 
and Michelle Bonamy and Niall Sheedy up in Doolin and it was great fun and, and yeah. we just but the the interesting thing about it was was that uh, we made it on a four track cassette you know which was very poor quality yeah you know uh, it was a German man friend of ours up in near Gart and uh, we 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 um, Myself and Mary would both be of the opinion that get things done fast, just enjoy the recording. Mm-hmm. And we got our friends, Michael Russell and Sharon Shannon and Ian Lamb and Kevin Griffin and Terry Bingham. And we picked them up one day and each one of them brought them up to the tune. Yeah, so they, they, they didn't know that uh, you were recording We did, no, but they knew we were recording an album, yeah. but they, they, we just picked them up and it, it, it was all one take. Yeah. Anyway, but um, just to, to finish the story, the, the interesting part about it was an English record company decided they want to buy it off us a few years later after we'd, we'd sold a good few tapes now, you know, it was mm-hmm. because it was a really good thing for musicians to do at the time because, um, and also we were getting airplay, especially on local radio here in Clare. Anya Hensi was the presenter and she was, we were getting equal uh, access to the airwaves as, because there were so few recordings as the chieftains and not necessarily equal, but we were getting up there with the, these programs of traditional music that were always um, just a super hero mm. musicians beforehand mm. so we, in many ways we were the first of of, of the independent r- labels or just r- musicians to go and do their own thing yeah and i i, I but to make a lot just i want to finish the story because this english company um wanted to buy we'd made another tape after that then and they wanted to buy it off buy the two of them office and make a cd and they, they, weren't, they weren't very nice in the end but i remember getting a getting a, a, a telephone call at the time they said, can you send us over the master tapes? We want to remix it. Okay. <laughs> and I said, oh, fuck. <laughs> We're in trouble here. This, this deal is going to fall. The deal was done. Yeah. But they wanted, I said, look, at, I said, we'll, re- we'll remix it. We'll remix it here. Yeah. And uh, I'd send you over what was called a DAT copy. Yeah. So at the time, DAT, DAT copy was a little tiny. But uh, I copied the cassette onto the DAT copy <laughs> and sent it to the English record company and they didn't know any different. No. <laughs> they didn't know any different, which always proved my point yeah. that the music is all that's important, yeah. you know. Yeah, because as you said, like that, I suppose the audio quality is kind of rough in a way. On, yeah, on, it's on rough that. And, and that's that's good. Yeah, I was going to say like, uh, because I, I, I don't know you very well yet, but I feel like you're, uh, you're a kind of, um, you want, you like the real stuff. You, you, you don't care to, I, for I, music I, and to be, I'm only, I'm only, in I'm only interested in real. So, it, like traditional music is real. Yeah, it's real. The 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 people that play in, it in, play the, it. in the moment kind of. Uh, ah, yeah, and 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 like I would have recorded many many of the older musicians, and they would just do one take always. Yeah, always, always, and they would say that's fine. In fact, that album with Mary, we brought Michael Russell, uh, to play up from Doolin yeah, and Mike legend, was an, an old, an old uh, friend of ours a really great friend of ours we played him every day in Doolin we lived in Doolin at the time myself and Mary and um, Michael came up and it took a long time to pick him up and drive him up to Gart mm-hmm. and he went in and he played two jigs and that whole process took three minutes and 42 seconds yeah. <laughs> and I know that because it was so amazing it was over and he says grand I'm, I'm done yeah, and said, uh, yeah. And uh, it was just remarkable, oh, you know, great. you know, the, to compare to what people record now. But I, I actually still record like that. Yeah. 
But okay, but let's take it back. Like uh, we're in um, just outside Ennis now. Uh, we are. We're at Ballyalla Lake. Yeah. Uh, there's been a huge hurling match on, so uh, Ennis is kind of and a, and a fla. So Ennis is crazy. It's it's very busy. So yeah, so we, Limerick against uh, Limerick against Clare, Clare yeah. and Limerick won unfortunately in extra time. Yeah. But it was a great monster final for uh, for anybody Irish that that's over in Norway that follows the hurling. But um, I brought you out for because we couldn't get anywhere quiet to Ballyalla Lake, and we're in the car here, and it's uh, about two miles outside Ennis. Oh. Perfect, and um, so we're in the heart of Clare in a way, and, and mm-hmm. you've lived here for forty years. Forty or? years, yeah. I, I didn't know where I was going. I um, where are you from originally? I, I, I'm not even. Fr- I can't even say I'm from Dublin because we're not a Dublin family, and we moved there when I was about three. In Ireland, it really matters where you're born yeah. and where your cousins and your aunties and uncles are. Yeah. So it's really, you know, you you can't really say you're from somewhere with any degree of certain anyway I'm not from Dublin <laughs> so it doesn't matter where I'm from but and it kind of gives me an advantage too musically because I think it's pretty obvious anybody that knows me that I love Clare music yeah but I'm not from Clare I don't want to be from Clare I, I am who I am and mm. I don't need to be any anything else but you think that like shapes how people view you and your music it, it, well it gives me an independence yeah I, 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 I present radio shows as well I think you know people believe me if I say I like this but whereas it could be if I if I was from here, it, it could be I was saying my neighbours are great, yeah, or the people yeah. in my parish are great, or my my town are great. No, that's interesting. But I, I just like what I like, and hmm. I think people. I hope I, ha- I have an integrity about that kind of. But what brought you here in the first place? Music brings me everywhere. Well, I was about I I, I I studied really hard in my school. I, if I want to do something, I want to do it right, you know. So I studied really hard at school, and I got really good results for my in my school, and um, but then I knew I was I'd studied so hard. I said I can't. Can't do this any ever again. What did you study? No, in school, yeah. you know, in, in just uh, yeah. normal normal okay, school. So then uh, my mother sent me. I, I was finished. You know, my mother sent me off uh, to, to university. She applied for me to go to university, okay. and I had great <laughs> qualifications to go to university. So uh, I went to university, and and, uh, and the first day I was there, I discovered uh, table football. Yeah. And yeah. the second day I discovered cannabis, you know, oh, yeah. weed. And, and I was like, fucking hell, I love this university yeah. stuff. It's great. But by Christmas, it was obviously not going to happen. Like, you no. know, university <laughs> was over. So then I, I, you're getting the story of my life. I don't know why I'm saying this. I'll make it much shorter. than I got a job in an insurance company and, and oh, really? I had a really good time in the office with everybody, but I didn't do any work. You know, I wasn't into the work side of it, I but how it was social media was great. Like, but did you play music at the time? I was, you know what, I didn't play music at the time. I, I mean, I could play the guitar and stuff, and I was music was everything to me. But I never got a lesson ever, no, ever in anything, and I, I was hopeless, useless. But I, I was not shy, so I used to sing at parties and stuff like that. But I, I couldn't sing either. I'm not, I'm not a singer either. So when after a few months, I just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to Europe. And in, in, in Europe was very nice. Nobody travelled by plane. This is 1978. So I'm 63 years old now. So I was 18, 19 years old. And I went to, there was a lot of Irish musicians in Europe. But I went away. And I wasn't to be a musician. I went away. Catholic Ireland was very oppressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Taliban ruled Ireland. You know, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not even that funny because they actually did. You know, they, they actually controlled everything. And... In most people, it didn't affect their lives too badly because they weren't angry or they weren't. I was angry. Yeah. I, I, everything I did was offended them. Mm-mm. Everything I, I wanted to do was offensive to everybody I knew. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I kind of had to go away. So I was 18 and I was... Yeah. I was it I, I, kind of surprised me sometimes to realise how conservative Ireland used to be yeah. only a short while ago. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and you know, it, it was conservative, but it was still full of rebellious people. Yeah. You know, like the, the writers and the, and, the, and the musicians, and like if you think of the Dubliners, you know, I don't know if you're too young to know the Dubliners, the Dubliners oh, were huge in Norway. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Dubliners were fucking brilliant musicians. Yeah, yeah. And brilliant heads. They were crazy. Like, you know, they were wild, wild men. They looked like wild men. So yeah. there was two <laughs> Irelands. There was the, the Ireland that was oppressed, and then there was the Ireland that wasn't going to take oppression. You no. know, and, and there were, in fact, I would say, in, in 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 the sixties and seventies, there was the the wild men were much wilder than they are now. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's actually it, it, like we're much more liberal now, and you know we have much more uh, great. Thankfully, we've great uh, freedom. You know of of of, of personal. Uh, we we had gay referendum, and and you know we 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 have abortion. So if whatever your politics would be, we would be a liberal country now. Yeah, and that's great. I'm delighted, but. We're much more conservative in our day-to-day living than we were in the yeah, 70s and 80s yeah, yeah, when everybody yeah. was crazy. I, I, I kind of wish I was there to ex- to experience the 70s. The really. music scene was crazy. I mean, even I, like, I, like I people seem to be so open yeah. for new ideas and, and stuff like that. Yeah, oh. they were. And and like I I went. I I just keep going so I, 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 to get to the point where I want to talk about that side sure, of Ireland. Sure, sure. I went to Europe and I, I I met musicians. Yeah. Irish musicians. They were all crazy Irish musicians. Yeah. IRA men were on the run and murderers and I met all kinds of crazy people. You see, I was from a middle class background and I wanted to meet people that were nuts and yeah. and, and, and that that were excited me and it made me not people like me. I wanted to meet people that weren't like me and I did. Mm. And I met them on the streets and uh, I busked. But I, I wasn't that good a musician, you know, I wasn't, so I was a bit of a chancer, or a, a bluffer. But I was very good at um, what they call bottling, mm-hmm. you know, collecting for other musicians. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, anyway, I, good so I did two years, and let's say, I want to make it fast, so I came back. Uh, Christmas, I came back home, and uh, I, I, I was in Dublin in a little flat, and I was, I'd met John Faulkner and Dolores Keane. Okay. And they, in, in Germany, at one of their little concerts, and uh, I was taken by the bazooki. Mm. This John, I was playing guitar and a little bit of banjo. But I, mean, I was really hopeless. I didn't know any reels. Or reels or anything. <laughs> like, it was hopeless. Um, like, I mean, I literally had no music at all. But I, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to stop me. But I was more of a writer. Okay. Yeah, I was writing a lot at the time. Uh, songs? Or? No, writing, just writing. Writing like, about um, what, what was happening every day. Like, okay. uh, uh-huh. You wouldn't call it a diary because it was more like I was like I was writing a book almost, but it wasn't put together. I burnt it all in the end. Anyway. But, um, <laughs> I, I met John Fawkner and Dolores Kane had a great night with them so I came home I'm going to make this short we were here all day I haven't got to, yeah, haven't I got to 79 no. yet so I, I was in a flat in Dublin going around busking all the, around different festivals in Ireland at the weekends and going back to the little room in Dublin and one weekend I came to um, Doolin 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 which is like a small village on the west coast it was a small village it's quite a big village now when I arrived in on the 28th of December 1979, coming up to the celebrations for the New Year, which is quite a good time in, in Doolin, it's always a good time in Doolin, it was a very, very, very small village with lots of thatched cottages and, and little cottages and stuff like that. Mm. But I, I, Doolin was, it was like, it was like a dream. Yeah. Everybody loved and respected music. Yeah. Every, that first summer I, I played there, I met him, I met a musician called Tony Dalton, a banjo player, from West Limerick in a Thay, who never ever heard or never never learnt a tune off of a off a recording in his life. No. He learnt off his uncle and his, sure. his his neighbours and his you know, old man down the road. And you know, I knew then, like straight away, that this is the music that I wasn't interested in the Bothy band. No. It wasn't for me at all. I was interested in characters, individuals that had music. 
yeah. and playing the bazooki. It was, uh, a Swiss guy gave me this tuning. Everybody else, I didn't hear any other bazooki players. I mean, I did hear, I knew Don Lully existed. I knew, I loved Planksy, but I didn't, it wasn't anything to do with what I was doing. No. And then this Swiss guy gave me an ADAD tuning. Yeah. And I just arrived in Doolin with this tuning and learned how to play with banjo players and there's no other bazooki players around at all. Like, you know, I think I met Cyril O'Donoghue about a year or two later. You know, yeah. we were probably the first two and yeah. Mike McNulty and there was a guy called Richard Crimmins down in Nenis who I didn't meet or down in Shannon who I didn't meet and he was a bazooki That was player. a fairly new instrument on the scene at that it was, point. It was fairly new but in Dublin there was loads of bazookis. You know? yeah. But in Clare there wasn't. Hmm. And, I, and it wasn't, you know, so the bazooki was never really interesting for me. No. Well, the interesting part for me was making the banjo sound better. Or the fiddle players sound better. Yeah. So I never came. In, I never approached music as in, look at what I'm doing. I'm, you know, it was always about giving a comfort zone to the flute player. Or the, or the, yeah. And I love the solo musicians. Yeah, and that's. I always thought of your playing in that way that you're very like uh, dynamic and mm -hmm. you're so much about the players that you're backing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I had the, the pleasure of playing a few tunes with you earlier today. And, I loved it. Yeah. And, and uh, it was great. Like uh, and. And also, I like um, that's something I took away from that uh, album I was talking about, mm -hmm. where you played a lot of barn dances and you those tried. groovy tunes, yeah. like at a fairly slow pace, like, yeah. and you made them really, really swing. And at that, that I think that's the time it clicked for me. You don't really need to play uh, 200 BPM every time to make great music, like. In fact, it's the opposite. It's not even about the speed, Anders. It's not about speed. It's about, it's about. For me, it's about yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to play a lot with like, some very good traditional players. Sorry, was it? I, I wouldn't be able to accompany some very, very good traditional players uh, what, because they'd have a certain rhythm that wouldn't. I, I, I need the nya, like you know, the nya out and you know that pull and drag stuff that I can just get under yeah. the groove, I suppose. Would. Yeah, you, you definitely have like. And I like to impose spiral. that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if somebody hasn't got it, I like to. Well, you got to do this. Yeah. You know? Well, I noticed that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very big-headed of me, but. And there's always a, there's also a clip of you uh, off of YouTube I've seen like a hundred thousand times like it's you and Mary Custy and and Sharon Shannon oh yeah and yeah. It, it seems like it's off some kind of a movie or something yeah, it was it's um, cut with like yeah. scenes from like a smoky pub or whatever yeah it was from a television documentary that was done on bringing it all back home it seems like it's from Galway about 1992 we were in Galway we were in Spiddle but the the scenery of the river is, is in Galway uh, Philip King and Donald Lunny uh, mostly Philip King actually did did, did this. Um, the, the the relationship between the music that went to America and what that came back and it was a fantastic series and it was huge for me because like well, which, I, which year was this? Yeah, uh, 1992. Okay. So I was playing with Sharon before I was playing Sharon Shannon when she was young. I, I I play with everybody until they get well known and then they they all go off. Yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of jumping kill. around by the way, but yeah. these people all lived in and around. Do no, we all we all like myself. Like Mary and yeah, yeah. Uh, Sharon. Well, no, uh, Sharon was there before Mary, and. Um, Sharon went off and joined Arcadia and subsequently the Water Boys. Yeah. From, but before the first time she played professionally would have been with me in Doolin, and we used to about nine gigs a week. Yeah. You know when I say gigs like pub sessions, but I was very happy always doing pub sessions. I never, I never need. I still don't need to to, to be on a concert stage, but it's happening a few a little bit more now. But I don't need it. I need the pub sessions. I didn't realize it. I, I thought I was kind of fed up with them. And then COVID came and said, I don't want to go back to pub sessions. And now I'm back in pub sessions and I absolutely love them. Yeah. Yeah, I think many people had similar... But I didn't think I would. No? I thought it was over. For me. Hmm. I thought it was over. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I, yesterday I went to um, your CD launch. You have a new mm -hmm. CD out. I have. Uh, and that's... I think I've never been to a CD launch where the main character has been 
so reluctant to be the center of attention. <laughs> I'm well able to be a center of attention, but my job, I, I, I like, I don't think I'm not center of attention. I, I, I think my my job is to make the musicians I play with are the people I know. Uh, much more comfortable in their jobs. Sure. That's my job. In, in 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 all kinds of ways, even by playing people on the radio or just by I meet people for a walk and just to give them confidence. That you, you know, you can make a record, you can make a CD. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I remember this beautiful woman who lived in Ennis. She's a concertina player. She's dead now. She died. Her name was Dimple O'Sullivan. Dimple used to work in the in the local uh, supermarket, and she'd be you would just a normal girl in a checkout, and then she'd go out to the Old Ground Hotel in Ennis mm-hmm. on a Sunday night with Joan Hanrahan and, and, and uh, she had a few other friends, Doug Gibson and Una Grogan. And it was a great session. But Dimna became a different person once that concertina was on her knees. She became mm. an angel. She became this absolutely amazing musician for me yeah. who had music that really went through me. Mm. So I... I we weren't even friends, and we became friends just by walking with her for years. I'd meet her, come on, we'll go for a walk. And I'd be telling her why she needs to record. And she recorded an album, and it was a beautiful album. And I was lucky enough, she asked me to, maybe because I was talking to her about it, but she asked me to accompany her on it. And then she made another album straight away after, like yeah. she was on her own. And then, then unfortunately, she got cancer and she died. It was mm. awfully sad. Mm. But uh, my point is that I think my, my, my role in life, if I spot something, is to bring it out. Yeah, but everybody, I can't understand why everybody doesn't spot the same thing. Sorry, I can't understand why people don't notice musicians yeah. that are that are. I don't soul soulful musicians. And it, it's obvious that you like that 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 you mean a lot, or that you the work you're doing means a lot to many musicians on the scene. Like, well, it's obvious for me to see at, at the launch, like so many musicians. Well, after forty years, you see, the, it, it, that launch yesterday was. Um, can I tell you about my new album? Yeah, it, please. Sorry. Yeah. It, no, on. no, I'm, it, just to explain why, 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 what you're talking about. Um, it started with a, a, a visit from a young man from Alaska. Uh, because I actually have no interest in where people are from. Yes. I have no interest. In, uh, for me, Anders is as good to me as Noel Hill. It doesn't matter to me if you're from Clare or if you're from Africa. Couldn't give a fuck. No. It's about what's in there. The heart and how you respect the music and how you how you approach the music. That's that's everything to me. So uh, Sky Kelsey is a young uh, fiddle player, banjo player from Alaska, and he he just called over. He just came to Ireland like you did, and 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 uh, like and I met him before. And, God, I just loved his music. You know, this, mm. this fiddle playing was going through me. He came out of my house and we did a few videos, and I said, "Come on, we go to the studio and we'll record a, a tune, just to record a tune." Mm-hmm. So I don't want to play a few tunes. And then I came out and I'd been doing these sessions on Sunday. The one you were, you were at today, yeah. Sunday lunchtime sessions. I'm doing it now with uh, Clara Butler, a great friend of mine who plays flute and sings. And it's an inclusive session. But um, there was there was two young musicians in particular that I, I loved when they came in. Paul Milan is a banjo player. He's about 17 now. No, sorry, 19 now. But when I recorded him, he was like 15. And there was a young girl who was so shy when she came in. She couldn't play at all. And she started, she was like a kid of nine or ten when she came in on the concertina. And her father was then going, play no tune. And I was trying to encourage her and she couldn't do it. No. And it was very hard for her and I felt for her because in, in public she, she couldn't do it. So I, I after the, the session I said, will you, will you come down the back of cruises to the quiet part here? Just come down with me and we'll play a tune. And she she 
she's very shy, painfully shy, and mm. and, and and almost I uh, didn't you know that where you go too far and the, you ruin everything by pushing them. But I, I brought Rena Healy is her name, and she was about nine or ten years old, and she came down, and I was expecting hopefully she'd be able to play the Harvest Home or or, or some very the Test Jig or something you know that she'd have a tune. Sure. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. And after about one minute of silence. I could feel the soul coming. She started to play the most beautiful G minor reel from East Clare. Mm. And I nearly cried. I was like, fuck, that was that. That's what we're looking for in life. Sure. So Rena was that four years later, she was still there and I wanted to record Rena. So I got Rena up. And um, then when I had Sky, Paul and Rena, who nobody would have known at all, no. ever. And nobody at all would have known them. Uh, you know, record, they wouldn't have recorded her. They wouldn't be young, old, old enough to be well known. Um, I said, this is nice, this is, uh, they all done one take, it was all done in one take, there was no chance for a second take, and it was just natural music, and I said, I'll get my friends in, and my friends that I invited in were Yvonne Casey, who's, yeah. who's a, oh, she's brilliant, yeah. well, it's just all, it's all from inside, it's just mm. that, and, and then Breed O'Gorman, and the Queely sisters, and Dermot Bourne, now, Except for Dermot Bourne, who was always a star, mm. Alton, and you know, you know Dermot's story with Steve Cooley, everything—he's just an incredibly gifted, sure. beautiful person that gives to every musician he sits with. And um, the others, I had been at the start of their public journey and music. All yeah. of them, Yvonne, I had known since she was thirteen. The Queely sisters, I would have noticed them at the very back of a session, especially Yvonne Queely and Constantina, and I would have wanted to play with them. As I, I noticed something. I, get them gigs and we made an album and, and Breed O'Gorman particularly who was she would have been well known in Clare as a fantastic um, flute player but there was nobody getting her to do anything and so I, I kind of and playing with the bazooka changed her changed every, the sound that a lot, a lot of these musicians in Clare would have been brought up with Cayley bands and pianos and drums and <clears throat> yeah. a, a completely definite rhythm where I like to fuck around with the rhythm and, and kind of get a groove going mm. so Breed made a fantastic album and I helped her out in that so that's what I'm talking about is that, um, if I got a bit of credit yesterday. All those people have been on their journey with me. Sure. And I've been on the journey with them, and I'm 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 the privileged one, like. Yeah. So I mean, you've been doing music for quite a few years now. All my life, since I was eighteen. I'm sixty-three now. And um, it seems like you still have like the the spark. Well, you still you're still hungry for, for yeah, music. Yeah, the, the 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 two years was was very interesting, you know. Yeah, the, the COVID, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I, I'd never... When you're self-employed as a musician, as you probably know, Anders, if you're self-employed, you always have guilt for time off. You can't go on holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't take nights off. Because if, if there's work there, you have to take it. So all my life, I would if I didn't get a good gig, I'd take a bad gig. I just wanted to play. I just played all the time. And there's no, there weren't bad gigs. There were just well, bad paid gigs or whatever. But I just always played. I was doing eight, nine, ten gigs a week always. Because I love playing in pubs every night. And there's... My sessions just people come and play with me anyway, mm. so it's not as if so I'm meeting friends. I don't drink. I stopped drinking a long, long time ago. Okay. So it's like I'm having a coffee with friends in a pub, and it's a very easy job. I love it. But um, COVID came. I had no guilt. I couldn't work, and I started writing songs, and I started doing all the things I I never I wanted to do. You know, if you had a second life that you would have done. So it was very interesting to get that second life, and I really thought that my first life was going to be very different. Mm. And I'm I'm amazed myself that it's not that I'm at a, I'm actually back into the traditional sessions in a, in a bigger way than yeah. I ever was, and much more excited by them. And it's all I want. I mean, I, 
I don't care. I, mean, I played in a band called The Fiddle Case, and we were in Norway three weeks ago. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. And we, were, we go to Denmark, or we, sorry, we go to Holland and Belgium regularly, and they're a great band. They're very successful. They're three great lads that I'm with, and they're, they're, they bring me with them, and they look after me. And But they're really great singers and stuff yeah. like that, which is a, they have a, a big following, and I'm very lucky to be in it. But that's a totally different thing from... Uh, it's not from really, the, because we do a session on a Monday night. The band does a session on a Monday night, which is... it's a, a, um, Because we're all busy... Yeah. In the band, we don't put ourselves under pressure to, to be always doing gigs. So there's only maybe a couple of gigs a month or one gig a month or one tour or two tours a year, you know, sure. to be short. And they're all things we want to do. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, We're all happy with that situation. It's like, uh, yeah, as I told you, I used to live in Galway a couple of years, but it's a while ago now. So, like every time I come to a place like Ennis where there's like, music everywhere mm-hmm. uh, seemingly like it makes me want to just drop everything and come back and just just play tunes like it, it's well, kind, of, kind of like a drug well it's not a, it's not a drug a, a drug is something that's not natural this is the most natural experience that 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 yeah you know you you came in to, to this morning now it was, we saw we call it sunday morning but it's one o'clock to three o'clock session <laughs> but, um, yeah well it, it, it's there nothing to do with the festival now that that session is always there yeah, yeah i see yeah, okay. so the the, the, the flan wouldn't isn't isn't huge it's, it's a small nice beautiful little festival that if anybody's listening wants to come and it's the end of may start of june and it's on every year and it's a really lovely musicians festival there's one thing on every few hours you know there's one thing in the afternoon yeah there's a one concert at lunchtime there's one there are four or five sessions in the pubs that night, but there's no great change to Ennis. It's, it's, Ennis has always got music. Yeah. But um, you came in, and because uh, you, you'd been my launch yesterday, I'd met you, and I knew who you were, and I knew we were meeting up and to do this, and I invited you to sit in with myself and Clara, and you fitted in just fine. You have the exact same approach that we have, and that everybody had. My friend Damien O'Rourke sat down and played a song, and you came in in your piano accordion behind him, and he went home, and he went home so happy, because you get it. You're aware of human beings that are performing. You're you're getting into their heads before you get into their hands or or, or yeah. voices. Yeah, like playing music with other people is so much more than just the technical aspect of playing music. Like it's psychology. Yeah, it's really psychology on a sort of advanced mm. level. Like and, not a very advanced level. And on like the, the whole session environment, you, you meeting people for the first time, mm-hmm. and then. Like okay, what kind of person are you? How are you playing? Like, and how will I respond to that? And how can I like give you room and at the same time show you my voice? And yeah. like, it's 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 really interesting. And for me as a person, like, I'm I'm super introverted. Like, I have a really hard time just uh, start making friends with uh, strangers and stuff like that. But the session is just uh, such a nice environment to to like uh, people are so open to talk to you and, and get to know you whenever yeah. you're in that city. It's, it's almost... That's very interesting. It, it, I, I'm, I'm just, extroverted. Yeah, I, I noticed. But, just, just, but, just to finish that, yeah. like, sometimes like I come into a bar or a session and I, I see, uh, okay, this guy is obviously playing at the session, but he's not addressing me, he's not giving me any attention or mm-hmm. like people probably never talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And then we sit down and, and we and we have played one tune and then, oh, hello, nice yeah. to meet you, where are you from? And like then all the ice is broken anyway. It's even better when you don't talk at all and you just have this musical conversation for the whole night and you go away and you say thank you and he says thank you or she says thank you and you know each other intimately yeah. and you haven't said one word to no, each that's other also, uh, and that's that's actually incredible and it happens all the time mm. because you're what, what 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 people display in a session is manners uh, or, or lack of thereof yeah well exactly <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you 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 you're you're a cool man and you you have the gift yeah well thanks 
So, um, something else I want to talk about. Um, you're a musician, but you're also a, a radio presenter. I am. And, um, and now you're also a podcaster. Yes, I have done 10 podcasts. So, we're, so we're yes. colleagues in yeah. that regard. Did you, was that, did you start that during the COVID? Or was that... uh, I might have started before the COVID, I'd say. It was always something. Because. Uh, Tell me about the show. What was it about? The, 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 which, the, uh, the podcast? The podcast, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it started. I just wanted to talk to so many interesting people, and um, it's. I didn't know who I wanted to talk to when I started. Who was the first? I did Christy McNamara, a concertina player from East Clare, from from uh, people from East Clare, and I started with him. And then I did Luca Bloom. Both of them would be friends of mine, but both of them have interesting insights into life, sure, and uh, music, and they were very personal with me, and it was beautiful. You know, they 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 explained how. Like I'm very fascinated with the. Uh, what I was going to say to you earlier, I'm an extrovert, but when I'm not in my own world, mm-hmm. like I'm an extrovert in a session, but I'm actually not. I'm only the only time I'm really extrovert is when I'm 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 waving at everybody. Yeah. You know, in the room, like because I'm playing, so yeah. I don't have to talk to anybody. No. You know, and I'm I'm actually uh, I run away a lot. <laughs> I do a lot of running, and um, <laughs> so do these guys. And and it's like. When I go, say if I went into a normal situation, a normal bar with a, a covers band or something under, sure. and people are very loud and people are, talking, I would die, you know. Yeah. I, I have no I have no ability to 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 to. I'd prefer we sit out in the car. I do. I sit out in the car here in Ballyalla like a lot <laughs> because I can't deal with you know. So maybe I'm an extrovert, but maybe I'm only pretending to be one. <laughs> well, we're all actors. Really, so. really, yeah, yeah. But these really. podcasts started with. Um, I, I'm interested in the loneliness of of uh, the musician. Mm-hmm. It's actually the same things we're talking about, really. Suppose, yeah. You know, uh, I think to be a to be a really, really beautiful player or singer, there has to be a sense of aloneness. And uh, like Luca Bloom now is, is 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 like I remember talking to different people like Kevin Crawford who played with Lunas or different people like that. Martin Hayes, all great people, great friends of mine. Luca Bloom, and I'm always fascinated by mm. how do you stick the airports and the hotel yeah. rooms and the sound checks. You know, to me, that's hell. Yeah. It's hell. You don't you know? think you could do that? I've done it. I wouldn't want to do it. No, not not all the time or in America. I, like, we go to Holland and Belgium simply because somebody picks us up at five o'clock and in an hour and a half we're at the gig. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of population there and it's a very small place. Mm. So there's no such thing as this traveling stuff and you can still go, you know... Um, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. It's not worth it. Uh, it's worth it for Martin Hayes and for Kevin Crawford and Luca Bloom because they're changing people's lives. Yeah. You know, when they do a performance, when you walk into a, a Martin Hayes gig and you might never have seen this guy before, your life is going to be a little bit different two hours later. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he really has an impact. It's yeah. And so is Kevin in a different way. Kevin is a, he's such a character, you know, on a stage and he's so funny and he's so, you know, powerful and, and then Luca Bloom would bring you different directions with his voice sure. but what you said about like uh, musicians great musicians being just like there's a certain loneliness mm. to them mm-hmm. um, well I think we both said it ourselves yeah, here you, so. you talk about an introvert it's the same thing yeah. I suppose you, you just have to spend so much time looking inward and focusing on like I don't know what if, I don't know if it's like a certain type of people who are drawn toward art and music or mm-hmm. it's the other way around that pursuing art and music just makes you well there's an awful amount of musicians that have a great hell crack and they're just grand ordinary and have a great time and there's no complications but then there's <laughs> complicated people and they're yeah. the ones I'm interested in yeah the, you know the ones like the greatest musicians in, in, in the world of traditional music the, what, the first thing that came through their music was the pain 
Yeah. The pain, the fucking pain, like, you know, when you think of the great fiddle players, like, you think of Tommy Peoples, like, and, mm. and, 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 and yeah. the power, and Yvonne Casey, and, and, and Martin Hayes, and the, 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 you know, the power of, of, of a simple tune, like Tommy Peoples maybe playing the Salamanca reel mm. that everybody plays, are just all of a sudden, there's a huge story going on there with that sure, reel. Sure. And it almost kind of, there's something, emotions from generations back in Donegal yeah. from, you know, coming through. Yeah, In my opinion, I have no idea what I'm talking about, except that's what I feel. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, with all great musicians, like Tommy was the most beautiful musician. Did you know Tommy's music? Um, well, obviously I've heard Tommy. Yeah. Well, I'm not, it's not obvious anymore, but I don't know what people your age, you know, I, it's not obvious to me what people are listening to. In a way, it, it's got very clean. Yeah, but that's that, that's interesting. Yeah, like how, uh, yeah, how people today like uh, discover and learn tunes. Mm -hmm. Like as you say, especially if, if you're not, if you if you don't grow up in an in an environment or an area like Ennis, where you can just go up out and and uh, experience music. Like I had to learn from recordings and CDs and stuff. Well, even people in Ennis learn from recordings and CDs now. You know, that's just the way the world, technology, yeah. you know. And YouTube and, yeah, Christ, mm. like, I, I mean, I started playing Irish music just before YouTube became, and the internet became what it is today. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, I kind of struggled, like I had to travel to Ennis and buy the CD at Custis Music and, uh, and, and stuff, but like the kids these days, like, in a way, it's so easy now. You can just yeah. find any tune anywhere. Yeah. You can slow it down, yeah. and like there's some. It's so, so easy to learn it, but it's not that easy to feel it. And mm. you know, it's no good learning it if you don't feel it. And like, it's in a way, all the great fiddle players that went to London and went to Boston and went all over the world, they had to go. They had to leave Ireland because they were tradesmen. They were working class people. Yeah. Now, traditional music is very middle class. Sure. Very middle class. It's uh, very much directed towards uh, going to university and having a 14,000 quid worth of a concertina. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. It's, I, I'm not an inverted snob, it's just it's different. So, it's the same, same thing in Norway, like yeah. I would say even upper middle class. Yeah, oh yeah, say, like, I would yeah. say too, yeah. Well, my heroes, and that's why I go back to the podcast, I did Johnny McDonough. Johnny, yeah, uh, I heard that. That's one Ringo. of the episodes I heard actually. And, like, yeah. Ringo's an alcoholic, you know, yeah. and, and he played with... He played with uh, Donnan and he, he Ringo in, in my podcast I think encapsulates the, the 50 years history of certainly traditional music in the west of Ireland yeah uh, and uh, and what a story that man what a has. beautiful man and and, and of course he, he conquered his, his alcoholism in the sense that he's, he, he's not he's not he's not drinking anymore but um like, they're wild men they they yeah you know and 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 Katie Theesby you know she's a singer and she did a podcast with me and talked about her you know her 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 life with with sometimes depression coming in different things coming in that's what makes her a better singer you know because she suffers a little bit yeah. so therefore when she sings a song about my heart being broken we fucking know her heart is broken we believe her mm. so i'm my thing is believe in the musicians and believe in the singers you know luca bloom sings and it's from the heart and you know and mm. then i did a very my last podcast and the reason it was over a year ago and the reason i can't do any more is because i can't follow it i did a podcast with a, a man that used to terrify me uh, when I was younger, he was uh, Tony O'Leary, uh, he, he, a man who lost his leg in a, in a, in a car accident, a uh, motorbike accident when he was about 20 years old or in his 20s from Wexford. Mm. And I said, This would be a challenge now because we weren't close. In fact, it was the opposite, you know. Uh, Tony would be, you know, crazy guy, wild man, Timber Tony. He says it all himself in the podcast. There's no, there's no problem with me saying this because he, he, this is what he says. Mm -hmm. And uh, that to me was the best interview I've ever done. Yeah. Because first of all, I, I wasn't expecting 
it was a challenge for me to put this man up as a you know but he really was so honest and he was beautiful mm. he was beautiful because he wasn't at all trying to paint history in any different way no and he learnt his music in the pubs as I learnt my music in the pubs of Doolan Kevin Griffin learnt his music in the pubs of different in Doolan you know Kevin Griffin is a great banjo player still in Doolan there every night for anybody to meet him the greatest banjo player ever lived in a pub in Doolan and, and never learnt a note of music no you know and just learned tunes all day long because we, there was musicians coming through. In the 80s in Doolan, we, we, we had a university in McGann's pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a university because every musician passed through and we were there all the time. We lived in the pub. Like I lived at one stage for a couple of years in the shed beside the pub. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd go in at 11 and we'd leave at 2. Brilliant. And we got fed and we played music and it was good business for everybody. And we learned our music. Hmm. Would it be like... Uh uh, people coming from other countries in Europe at yeah, that point? Yeah, always from other countries. Yeah. The Irish wouldn't be there as much. The Irish musicians, it was it was, um, it was huge amounts of fiddle players, and, 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 and especially fiddle players from the, the States and Germany and Sweden and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, like when I first came to Galway like 10 years ago or something, I wasn't aware of how like global a phenomenon Irish music mm -hmm. really was. I've always been aware of it. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're... No, but from the, um, a lot of musicians wouldn't in Ireland even wouldn't be, but really? I've, I've always, I've never played with Irish musicians much. No. You know, no, I mean, when I played with Kevin Griffin, we were, you know, on Saturday night you'd meet the Irish, you know, or maybe a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. But, but, but on a Monday night or Tuesday night and a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, you know, it was all musicians from all over the world that were just yeah. coming. And then Michael Russell would be there to play. We'd be there, you know, the, the people that lived there. But we never, th I never thought about where he was from. I really don't care. No, you know, still don't. The fiddle player in, in our band, the fiddle case, is um, from South Africa. Adam Shapiro, mm. one of my very favourite fiddle players, and uh, the 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 woman that I was playing the gig with this morning that you met was is Clara Butler. She's from Argentina. Yeah, plays the flute. Great flute player. Yeah, I mean it's really a beautiful thing that yeah, that uh, people from all over the world. Yeah, it's it's it, 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 it it's it's what keeps it interesting for me. Yeah, and like I yeah. met so many people from. Like I would never met, meet so many people from Japan if I hadn't started playing uh, Irish music. Yeah, there's a lot of Japanese musicians, great musicians. And like it's so it's so nice because they're coming from a culture that is very different from my own it's culture in a way. But yeah. we have this common uh, thing with the Irish music, and yeah, uh, I just think it's so beautiful how uh, it I, is, I, I even got to to do a small tour in Japan once with. Uh, with a um, Japanese harp player. Great. So I would never have had that experience if I wasn't yeah. for... I did a tour in Japan with uh, Quentin Cooper. Yeah. And uh, we, we did a tour in Japan and it was phenomenal. Like One of the greatest things I've ever in, in, J in Japan, and nobody told me about this, was that sometimes when people are moved, they start crying. Yeah. It was really weird to be playing a tune and to see people crying in the audience. Mm. Not, not, we would have had small audiences, so you'd see their tears very easy. Yeah. But it was nice, yeah. Oh, I'd love to go back there at some point. I wouldn't because you know I couldn't I couldn't go for a walk. You see, I, I want to go off on my own, but I, because the writing is different, yeah, I couldn't go anywhere because <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to find my way back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. really, I couldn't I couldn't move at all. So yeah, I, yeah, I remember like that terrified me that I couldn't go off wandering. Yeah, I, I need to go wandering. And like, yeah, I mean, people wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> and I can imagine another problem like uh, like they don't want you to walk 
inside with shoes, you know, so they give you slippers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they probably didn't have anything your there's size. There's people everywhere. I didn't think about the slippers now. <laughs> but, uh, but there's people everywhere. I can't handle that, man. Yeah. I was in Tokyo and there's no room to go for a piss or anything like no. that. You're around the corner, like, you know. It's like everywhere. There's human beings just everywhere. And then you go down into that metro. Like, there's such nice people, but, man, there's too many people. Like, yeah, that That's not... I, like, we're sitting out here now and two people have just walked by and they're the only two people we've seen in the last hour. Yeah. Do you know, that's... I need that shit, man. I, I need that, yeah, that, that, I, that, that, that the space, you know. Uh, yeah, I, Not I, always like that. <laughs> well, it depends where you go, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Like, I used to live in Oslo, which is the capital of Norway, and it's not the metropolitan by any means, but like, it's... Beautiful. It's a nice city. Like, Couldn't uh, get over un- it. Underrated, I'd say. We, we love that. We, 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 we... Everybody's so civilized. But you've been there before? Was this your first no, visit? No, no, it was the first visit oh, just really three nice weeks ago, yeah. The cars were all really quiet. There was no volume off the Yeah, they're all right. The cars, yeah. Everyone is driving like subsidized Teslas. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> yeah. It's like a futuristic. Everybody's very wealthy there, man. Seems, I didn't see any poverty. Like, Yeah, well. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, is that yeah. not a good thing? Yeah, it's, I'm just saying it's maybe not entirely true. Like, okay. Well, like, you know. After a while, I was kind of thinking, you know, there's no, in, in, you know, if you're walking in the streets of Dublin, every 20 yards, some gouger is going to come up and somebody start going, here we are, man, are we getting on? <laughs> and, you know, I was getting to miss them, you know, in Oslo. Yeah. So, where are all the gougers? Yeah. Where are, where's all the lads, you know, the characters, the crazies? Yeah, uh, you can find them there as well. Okay. It depends where you go. But, yeah, I, I, I moved out to the countryside just before COVID, actually, so that was like, good timing, but, Yeah. I find out. I need space in my life. You probably the same. Yeah. So, um, like, um, I, I was wondering. I mean, you you've been in the in the business, so to speak, because music playing music for a living is a business. It is, but I'm very self-employed. Yeah. The business is my business. I don't do even in the radio. I don't. You know, it's, it's my. I, I, they allow me to do what I want. Sure. Like in the sense that I would never know. You have a radio show on Claire. I, I have two radio shows, and I, if I'm playing it, I use CDs. Like, yeah. I'm probably the only person in the world that uses CDs. Well, actually, most of the traditional programs use CDs because CDs, all the information you want is on a CD. But I have to use a CD because I'm thick with technology. I'm not very intelligent with technology. So I would be playing a, a, a song or a tune, and I wouldn't know what I'm going to play next. No. Okay, so you don't prepare anything? No, God, no. Not in the slightest. <laughs> No, the thought of preparing some. To me, it's like a session. My pro radio show is like a session. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I like to think, wow, that, that song, I'd have a bag of CDs. Like, sure. all, it'd be all picked good CDs. There wouldn't be anything bad. In it. No. I'd be very happy with the bag of CDs I bring. But I'd be grabbing them and say, no, that wouldn't work after that tune. That, oh, that'd be lovely. That flute would go great there after the, you know, or that song will really be nice after that. So it's a bit like a session, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it is. I, I, I kind of understand how people don't do that more because it's much more... If, if the presenter is excited about by it, 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 it must come across. Like, yeah. you know, I get very excited by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes across as well. But have you noticed, like, any, like, big changes in, in like, the, the business side of, of, like, playing Irish music for a living? Like, yeah, it's better. It's, it's better <laughs> business is better. Well, I didn't know, like, for example, um, for the first time in my life, I got money for nothing from IMRO. That would be the Irish Music Rights Organization. I could have been getting it for years, for years but I got a, a man a friend of mine Pat Ryan he helps me with my music business all of a sudden so you know he puts through the gigs I do and you know when I sing my I, I say I, I compose a few songs and 
you know, I'd seen those songs most night and he'd put through that. And some money comes to me every few months. It's like, wow, I'm getting money for nothing. Yeah. Now, it's not a huge amount, but... No, but I mean, it can be a jungle, like, figuring out, like... Yeah. Uh, so, oh, it is. Uh, well, like, my sing like songwriter rights are here yeah. and my performance rights, they're from another organisation. Yeah. And, like, okay, I'm not even that far ahead. I'm just getting <laughs> some. But I do know you have to be educated. And it's, again, back to my point that it's become a very, very education orientated business sure. I don't think I don't see you know the, 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 the people from the poorer areas with rock bands or trad I mean when, when I started playing Irish music it was just it was, you know only at the weekend would you see anybody kind of that was you know it was all lads and unemployed lads and great great people you know yeah uh, playing all day like from mm. the best musicians I ever heard you know and still would this day be the best Christy Barry yeah. You know, Johnny Keenan, he'd be a brother mm. of Paddy Keenan, um, Seamus Cray, mm-hmm. you know, fantastic musicians, like, just that would give their heart and soul and learn every note that comes from their music, not yeah. from somebody else's music. No. So, um, I'm not going to keep you all evening. Um, I I like to ask people for, like, uh, album recommendations. W- would you have a couple of those? Yeah, any amount you want. Um but you might have to be a little bit more, give me a direction, you know. Maybe say, tell me about, ask me about a fiddle player or sure, a concertina sure, sure. player or a like, player. like if you want to like uh, something that kind of encapsulates like the, the Claire style. Yeah, that's such a, there's so much that does that. Like there's so many great young musicians, Tara Breen and, 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 and uh, there's a many amount of, uh, I, I tell you a, a great underestimated Claire fiddle player is, uh, is Emer Howley, she plays in the Kilfenora Cayley band but she hasn't done any, w- the first fiddle case album she's done a good bit of solo work with me but but um, she's a fantastic fiddle player, obviously Yvonne Casey and um, and then there's Siobhan people, there's, lo- there's so many great, <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, I, 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 I don't even start mentioning names because they're everybody, they're so, uh, do you know the thing about traditional music, you have your ones you love but there's nobody bad anymore <laughs> there's nobody to say oh jeez they're shy there used to be loads who say oh <laughs> yeah. god you know but there's nobody bad anymore everybody's good and and, and and depending on your on your um frame of mind somebody else could move you that that day sure. you know uh, because you know there's the, the fiddle particularly well who's your favorite fiddle player <laughs> putting me on the spot now mm-hmm. that you did to me yeah <laughs> obviously for me Martin Hayes is like yeah, uh, he's yeah, one of, course, the, uh, course, one of the, course, yeah. the the masters like yeah well you know live to me Martin Hayes is is is, is, is I'm very weird with with CDs you know and recordings my two favorite people probably in the world are Christy Moore the singer mm. and Martin Hayes the fiddle player never listened to any, either of them on, on CD or, or on recordings no but I have to meet them and I have to I I I I'd know Martin Hayes more as a friend that I'd meet him in a, in the shopping centre. And we talk for sure. ages, you know. And uh, I never need to. I played with him. I, I did a, a a lot of playing with him over in the states. With a, I used to play with a concertina player, John Williams, in uh, Chicago, and we did a few tours with Martin and Dennis, and st- not tours, but concerts with Martin and Dennis. So I know Martin pretty well. I don't need to play with him. I love him. I, you know, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, but I have like great respect for. Like he seems to come up with. Like he seems to have like an endless well of just musical ideas. Yeah. When it's like ways to play a tune or mm. bands he puts together, which and is he's, things he's, like he's no such one. integrity too, you know. Yeah. Have you read his book? No, I haven't. Oh man, go get that book. In yeah. Broadway. Book recommendations now on the no, well, I, the greatest <laughs> book you'll ever, ever, ever read, read is Martin Hayes's book. What's it called? 
can't remember for the life of me what it's called, oh, but wow. it's uh, it's you know it's not hard to find. No, you know it's easy. It, it, it's a, it, like it's it's a big deal. It's a, nice. I, I read it in one sitting. I went. I knew I was. I wanted to read it. Martin. I love Martin. Every Martin is is full of like I love talking about things besides music to Martin. You know, he's such a beautiful way of talking and a beautiful way of seeing things. Like his oh. father and mother were very unique people. You know, mm. Pete Joe Hayes and Peggy Hayes were very unique. People. So Martin comes from a very interesting place and the fact that his father was the leader of a Cayley band yeah. and Martin was like the kid coming along and he, 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 he uh, and then he went to Chicago and he was lost yeah, lost a country lad from East Clare lost in the big city and then he realised that what's making him lost is what's real his own music is what is what is what's important mm. and then he started playing his own music and the world found him yeah it's beautiful and isn't it it's really beautiful and he deserves every bit of it Okay, but uh, that's not a bad uh, place to end. Uh, it's been great meeting you and, and well, chatting you, with Andrews. you. Yeah, you're Appreciate great, you yeah. taking the time. It's a pure pleasure. Like I, I, I never know how these things are going to go, so it's very interesting for me. Something like you talk too much, and you know, like when we start again. But you know, I, I, all I'm doing is as in the moment. We could do another interview tomorrow, and it could be a completely different direction. Yeah. You know? But I liked it, and I, and I, but, I and, and like you know this because you've done. You've been on the other side. You've done interviews mm, yourself, yeah. and like, I find like when we're having a conversation, this way, like it's a different type of conversation in a way because we're kind of uh, uh, making an effort to like really uh, bring out uh, our true selves in a way. Like it. Would... Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think it's an effort. I think uh, you know, like if you were a different person, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to open up at all but you're cool you're like yourself and we enjoyed our tune this morning and the music is everything so your playing this morning meant that I don't I'm just totally happy to talk to you about anything yeah. you want to talk about <laughs> anyway like I find that my only rule for like inviting people on the podcast is like it has to be people that I'm genuinely interested in mm -hmm. because I, I made the, the, the mistake sometimes like making interviews with people that I, I realize when I start talking to them okay I'm not that curious about you to be honest and like that never turns out to be a great yeah. interview I know but this was great like I uh, hope to see you again yeah, well, in the near future like yeah, um, I hope uh, you come back I uh, yeah as I, as I told you like uh, one part of me just want to drop everything and move to back well, to, to Clara play know, the sessions every night you could, you could do worse yeah. you could do wor <laughs> like the great thing about Claire, I'm, I'm not prolonging your interview but the amazing thing about Claire is that there's opportunity for employment here is incredible because yeah, sessions, as a, as a musician. yeah, because yeah. the sessions are yeah. when when tourism comes back, it'll be even better again. The tourism helps so much, yeah, and 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 the tourists come for the music, and 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 th in other counties, they don't seem to realize that they they put on country and western music and pop music, <laughs> and they don't realize that the tourists don't want that. No, they want to they want to find something that they can't get in in their own country, and you know, in Clare, they realize that it's yeah. real value to us. And I mean, some people could argue, oh, it's a very like touristy thing in a way to like uh, the whole session scene in a way like as people I love would, tourists yeah well I mean people would I say I don't like Irish people at all no. <laughs> I hate you know I, lo I love tourists because you know when they come they, they, they don't know what to expect so they're very happy yeah so they're not like say, say somebody from County Clare goes to a session they, 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 they demand a certain type of night you know they're used to it yeah, yeah. so they demand so but if somebody comes from Norway that's never heard Irish music before yeah. or somebody comes from the States 
where they're very positive towards music. Americans are very positive. Yeah, they're very, very positive. It's a beautiful, beautiful. So if they're just sitting down, they're very happy. Whatever comes, whatever happens, they're just saying, "Wow, we had a great night. Thank you." Yeah, sure. So that makes my life easy. Yeah, and I like that better. So I like tourists. I like tourists. (laughs) You know, I don't like ignorant people from any walk of life, but I love nice people. Yeah, I think like, let's say you're an Irish person from from. Say and this and and you don't like Irish music, mm-hmm. like it must be it must be no it's okay <laughs> hard it's okay. place to live. You know, there's a huge <laughs> amount of people that don't like Irish music. Well, and and, and there's a huge people, a lot of people that learn Irish music that don't, that give it up and don't like it. But sometimes they go to Australia then later on in life, and the fiddle somebody gives them a fiddle. I actually played a fiddle. Yeah, I learned yeah. it as a kid, and they realise that they have something. It's like the Irish language. It's a gift, you know, that you don't know until you get away from Ireland how, how much of a gift it is so they could be down in Sydney working on a building site mm. for maybe a hundred euro or whatever it is in dollars or whatever it is a day and then somebody gives them a fiddle that night and they start playing the the, the, the Sally Gardens or the, the Silver Spear or the, the, the tunes they learnt as a kid and then the, the public might say to me come tomorrow night play your fiddle and you'll get another hundred dollars you know yeah. and they realise <laughs> fuck I get a hundred dollars for playing my fiddle I don't have to go to the building site so they, sometimes they value it more when they leave the country you know yeah. but there's also something to be said like viewing your own culture from another country or another viewpoint like mm-hmm. for example when I play the Norwegian tune at the session today, yeah. there's always something slightly different playing your well, the traditional music from your country or the music from your background in another country. Like you see it, mm-hmm. like I, I see how yeah. you react to it. Like, for, but I'm as much an outsider as you are because I'm 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 from a I never learned traditional music growing up. Like I, like County Clare people grew up in County Clare, you know, with this music in their in their veins, mm-hmm. and uh, I. Loved it and found it and I wanted to be part of it and, and and I lived it, but I'm as much like absolutely no difference between me and you in 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 my relationship or your relationship with Claire music, which is a, a separate thing. I love playing with musicians from all over the world, but if you're talking about Claire music in particular, the mm. the, the masters of Claire music, like I, I I'm a, an outsider, you know, really enjoying it. But a complete and, and as a, tele, a radio presenter, that's great. You know, I can you know I can do that part of it. But I like to play with ordinary, mostly ordinary musicians that are, are from anywhere. That you know, aren't necessarily. It's not necessarily a Clare thing. It just happens in Clare. Sure. Okay. I hope I'll Thanks be back. Thanks very much. Hope I'll be back in Clare soon. And, yeah. Uh, see you around. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye now. Great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Folk Music Podcast. As always, check out the website, follow us on social media, and uh, please send requests, ideas, anything really, to um, thefolkmusicpodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this episode, but watch out for another in-person interview from my trip to Ireland very soon. Until then, take care, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.